0: to the fourth episode of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are in a series of episodes uh, dealing with experiencing the joy of debt-free living. The bigger subject that we'll be talking about on these podcasts is in the area of quality Christian living. You might be asking, what does that really mean? Well, uh, I really, I believe the best way to describe it is, is that God wants us to live a quality Christian life. He obviously wants us to be believers, but he has another step beyond accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. When we are believers, that's wonderful, and there's nothing better than that. But we can uh, enjoy a quality Christian life, a life filled with abundance. We can be an overcomer. And so all of these teachings and all of these lessons on uh, my podcast will deal with subjects that help us to live a higher and a better quality, high-quality Christian life. We'll be discussing issues on faith and on healing and on miracles. We'll be talking about prayer, uh, and I believe the Lord has some great lessons planned. But today's focus, we're going to take on a subject that uh, is a a little difficult for some people. It's one that I get asked questions about all the time. Let's address the subject of investing. Now, before I go any further, it's Bible. I uh, make a little disclaimer. First of all, I am not an attorney. Uh, you should seek a, a legal help on some of these issues. I am not a real estate broker, or a stockbroker, or anyone that is uh, has training specifically in dealing with these types in any type of investment. However, the uh, training that I do have is based upon the word of God and the experience uh, that I have had in my years of investing and also in my years of uh, uh, banking and in real estate area. So uh, uh, we're gonna take this on, but without uh, approaching, without consulting in the word of God, I think we're gonna waste our time. So let's turn to the book of Proverbs and let's hear what uh, what uh, Solomon had to say about wisdom uh, in things like making decisions or in investing. The first scripture to look at, I believe is found in the, the New Living Translation. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 14, Solomon wrote these words. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. Now let's move just a little farther into the book of Proverbs, into chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. Here are the words of Solomon. Wise words bring many benefits, and hard work brings rewards. Verse 15, fools think their own way is right but the wise listen to others. We all know that Solomon was considered the wisest man uh, in the in the word of God. Uh, however, uh, some of the things that he did didn't show a whole lot of wisdom, but that goes to show you that even the wisest people uh, can somehow get into the flesh and make decisions based upon uh, uh, circumstances uh, that uh, they've not spent a whole lot of time uh, using good judgment and, uh, and wisdom. Indulge me just for a moment here and let me give you my definitions, if you will, of investing or investments. Where we invest our time is where we get the best return. Let me repeat that. Where we invest our time is where we get the best return. Now, investing requires making an effort to acquire a return for either time or money uh, that's spent in a sit situation. The reason I want to talk about investments is because many times people uh, think they can get into something where they can make a really fast return on their money uh, and, and make, make a lot of money without a lot of effort, but that's just not how it works. Uh, Solomon told us that hard work is crucial to, uh, to getting any kind of return. Uh, and so uh, I want to address some of the types of things that we invest our money in. Uh, and, uh, and and maybe look at the what we call the good, the bad, and the ugly of those areas, and let's just see where the Lord takes us. Now, the, most, uh, or the largest investment that most individuals will make is in the purchase of their home, their primary residence. And so a lot of work and effort should be placed into making that decision. Uh, it, currently, uh, in the real estate market, uh, all over the country, there seems to be quite a surge in, in values and people are scrambling to sell their homes, uh, and that's wonderful, but then many times they don't realize when they sell their home at an inflated price or a a large increase in the price that they're gonna have to turn around and pay the same thing for whatever they're going to purchase. So we need to be very careful. We need to get wisdom. We need to get a good broker. We need to possibly speak to uh, some advisors who can help us understand uh, the whole process of, of selling a home, of buying another home, uh, and is this a good time to sell or is this a good time to hold? So I can't tell you about that. I can only uh, advise you to be careful with this investment because, as I said, this, the investment of a home or residence, by far the largest invest, investment that most people make during their entire lifetime. I think I'll take a few more minutes and talk about the uh, home purchasing and home decisions. You know, men and women are so different when it comes to purchasing a house. Uh, in all the years that uh, I've I built homes and I uh, we, we sold them and we've purchased, invested in a lot of uh, homes over the years. Uh, and I've noticed that many times when a man steps into a home, it, he's there with his wife and maybe his realtor. He walks in the front door. He looks around. And he says, you know, this looks pretty good. Why don't we buy this one? Now, the wife usually looks at him like, are you kidding Because the wife uh, is not going to purchase a home, usually on her first impression of what she sees inside the door. Uh, The man's going, I want to get this over with sometimes. Let's just get a house. It's the right size. It's the right price. Uh, What else is there to be concerned about? But uh, for a woman, uh, she's looking at things usually totally differently. Uh, I know it varies. It's not the same for all women. But most women, when they walk into a house, there's two things that attract them. purchasing a home. One uh, is the uh, the kitchen. The kitchen is a huge item and so today many people are fixing their kitchens up and making them very fancy and up-to-date, very modern looking, uh, so that'll be uh, attractive to the buyers. The second area that women are concerned about would be the master bedroom or the master bathroom because if you know uh, as well as I know that we're going to spend more time in those two rooms than any other place in the house. So uh in purchasing a home before making that big investment in a house uh sit down couples uh, get a piece of paper out write down the good and the bad that's been a rule of thumb for my wife and i is that when we've gone home shopping for ourselves uh, we get a piece of paper we draw a line down the middle we put good on one side bad on the other side all the goods are things like the things we like the kitchen maybe the bathrooms maybe the master bedroom uh i'll put on i like the garage uh, but then we've got to put the bad things like it's close to power lines or maybe there's uh, too much traffic on the street uh, in front of the house. Or, uh, but we need to evaluate it. You know, it's not something we should make a decision on in the first five minutes and walking into a home. So be careful on spending time on this because so many people have purchased homes where they thought it was a blessing. They thought it was what they wanted. And two or three, four months later, they're realizing it does not have what they need. Uh, It doesn't have all the things that are important to them. So let's take time. Let's use wisdom. Let's get counsel. And when we go about making that decision, we'll know. First of all, I left out the most important thing is pray about it and make sure that uh, you're at peace. Because when we're trying to make a decision like that, God speaks to us in peace in a way that we can make a decision. It may not be clear in our own mind, but we have peace in our spirit, in our heart, that this is the right way to go. So Uh, Happy house hunting, and let's move on to the next subject. I want to address something that's really important for families and for individuals. As a pastor for 20 years, I've counseled a number of people who have challenges uh, financially with other individuals. Uh, So let me give you what I call the nevers of investing. Uh, Never invest money that you cannot afford to lose. Now, some people think that's terrible advice, but think about it. If you're going to make an investment in something, then uh, you've got to be careful to understand that maybe that investment will be poor or could turn out badly and you would lose it all. So we need to approach that type of situation knowing that this investment could cause us to lose money. Uh, Investments are not always positive as we all know, uh, but it's important that we understand that investing funds uh, has to be something that uh, we're not gonna be desperate with if we wind up uh, losing in that particular situation. Another never has to do with, I, I, and I feel very strong about this one also, uh, never loan money to a friend or a relative unless you can afford to lose. Now, uh, that is uh, something that is vital to our Christian walk and to having peace in the family. Um, there are hundreds of times that I have counseled individuals who are in the midst of a financial battle between members of their own family or a friend where a situation went sour and now the friendship is destroyed. And the devil wants to use whatever he can to destroy our relationships with with the Lord and our relationships with our family and our friends and our relatives. So uh, let let me give you an example of something that I wound up involved with many, many years ago. Uh, There was a gentleman that I knew, uh, had known for a number of years, and we were uh, discussing at lunch one day about possibly purchasing uh, something, a property. Uh, and we would each put up a certain amount of money. And so what uh, we did, we, we prayed about it and we bought this property. And our friendship was more important to me than, than the investment was. Uh, but then time went by and we, we purchased the property, but we couldn't sell it. Uh, the market turned uh, very bad, uh, values dropped, and we just didn't seem to have any success at selling the property. So one day he uh, came to me and he said, well, um, let's, uh, we need to discuss this property because I really need to get my money back out of it. So Basically, he looked at me very bluntly and said, if you don't give me my money back, and it was $50,000 that we each put in, he says, I'm going to sue you for it because I've got to have the money. Now, I, I was in a very difficult position myself because I didn't uh didn't have the funds in the bank I didn't uh, wasn't in a position that I could buy a, a partner out and then at the same time he said remember the project that we did several years ago where we also both invested money in well I need the money out of that one also so if you don't give me that money I'm going to sue you now I hadn't done anything wrong and and he admitted that and uh, but it was just a case that he said he needed money more than I did and so I was facing a possible lawsuit from a friend or I had to figure out a way to give him his money back and move forward. I prayed about it, and, uh, and I went home to my wife, and I said, honey, here's what's happened. Um, these are dear friends of ours, and I just don't want, to rob, I don't want to ruin that situation. But I believe the Lord will bless us if we uh, take the proper steps. So uh, we went out, and we borrowed money uh, from another source, and we paid this gentleman off gave him his finances, and of course, he was very happy, and he thanked me a lot for that, and I tried to, what I was trying to do is avoid an expensive lawsuit where uh, nobody wins in that situation usually, so anyways, time went on, and I now have this one loan, I have two properties, I've got money uh, that uh, invested, and things are getting a little tough, getting a little tight, and that's putting it pretty mildly. Uh, so, um, time went on and then all of a sudden, uh, months went by and we were able to, uh, sell those properties and move on. Well, I went into a restaurant, <clears throat> um, maybe a couple of months after everything had settled and the properties had sold and was over. And I rented this gentleman, uh that i had known for so long. And he looked at me and he said, uh, I just wanted to kind of, kind of wondering how you're doing. He says, uh, you got stuck with those properties. You're probably hurting pretty bad. And. He said, I, I just, uh, he didn't say, I'm sorry. I didn't say, uh, forgive me or anything. He just simply said, and I guess you're probably having a pretty good, a pretty difficult time with it. Well, I looked at him and I said, well, let me just, let me just explain it to you this way. We put the properties on the market. We prayed. We agreed that God would help turn this mess into something good. Uh, we believed in, in scripture that says calling forth those things that are not as though they are. So we called forth a blessing. We called forth a, a buyer to buy those properties and within a short time after um, him and I separated in our partnerships uh, I sold both properties was able to pay off all the money that was borrowed uh, all the money that I had invested in these other these two properties and made a very sizable profit on top of it so when I told him oh no they sold and by the way we made a a very big profit and I do want to thank you for um, uh, you know basically uh, being concerned about my situation. Now, in that case, some people would say, well, you probably wanted to gloat with the guy and you wanted to uh, kind of egg him on and, and, and say, see, I told you so, and, and, and you know, and kind of make him look like a, a bad guy. But, you know, you don't really gain anything by that. The Bible tells us that we should pray for those who persecute us. And I prayed for that man uh, every day, every single day for quite a long time. Matter of fact, years after the situation was over, that he would be blessed. But uh, when I look back on the situation, the Lord just gave my wife and I peace. We felt comfort in the situation. We avoided a lawsuit. We avoided uh, a big problem with uh, another Christian brother. And in and in the long run, it worked out the best for both of us. So I, I thank the Lord for that. But, but be careful when you loan money to a friend or a relative and never, ever loan it unless you can afford to lose it. Now, Uh, Let's move on to another never. Never use this expression. Well, it's a no-brainer. Well, um, usually when someone says it's a no-brainer, that's exactly what it is. It doesn't take any brains to to make that decision. It's used, though, the statement is used that it's so obvious that this is going to be so profitable. It's so obvious that we're all going to make a lot of money out of this thing. So it's a no-brainer. We don't have to worry about this thing. This thing's going to be an automatic deal. This is a slam dunk. And you hear all these terms. Well, you know, uh, as, as a person who's been involved in, in real estate investing and uh, in banking and all those things, I have seen a lot of what people would call uh, no-brainers turn into be deals that were brainless. Uh, so I think we need to seek, once again, as, uh, as Solomon gave advice in the Word of God, uh, there's, there's wisdom in the counsel of many, uh, there's a benefit in seeking counsel. So why don't we just not use that, that phrase or that comment? It's a no brainer. And why don't we use our brains and, and use our direction and look into God's word and see where that counsel should be. And then take all the proper steps, to do everything we should to, to make a good investment or to run from that investment. Another one of those, uh, never do, uh, situations, has to do when someone calls you on the phone and says, I have a great opportunity for you to make some money, so if you'll just send me some money first, then it'll help me to move forward to make you some money. Uh, It's a scam in almost every case, it is, and yet I've I've counseled many elderly folks who have had someone call, they'll make a statement uh, like that and say, I've got this amazing opportunity, but you need to move fast. If you'll wire me $1,000 in, in two weeks or three weeks, I can wire you back $10,000. And, and what causes a person many times to, to do that, to take that, that action and to make that step um, and think that they're going to make a lot of money is a word that uh, the word of God tells us to avoid. And that word is greed. You know, the word greed is a, is a dangerous, dangerous word and one that we need to be extremely careful and not allow into our life. Uh, I have another example of greed where the Bible tells us to avoid every form of it. Uh, And I have another example of greed that uh, happened to a dear friend of mine. It was pretty sad, but I need to share it with you. And he since passed away years ago. But uh, if he was here, he would encourage me to to give you this advice. Uh, He was a real estate developer, very wealthy man, uh, worth millions and millions of dollars. Uh, And the real estate market here in Arizona was just really uh, doing very poorly. And he came to me. It was in the days when I was a banker. He came to me and he said, I've got this property. It's an apartment complex and I can sell it uh, at, today to this man who's made an offer. But the man's only offered me $8 million and I, uh, I want to get $10 million for it. And I said, well, how much do you owe? And he said, well, I owe about $3 million. So I just looked at him and I said, well, you know, I kind of have a philosophy that is, A profit is a good thing, even if it's a small profit. A profit is certainly better than a loss. So I advised him. I said, "Why don't you go ahead and sell it and and move on and be thankful for the the profit?" Well, he didn't like my advice, and he moved on. And so then months went by, and he came back again. He said, "I'm not sure I know what to do now. I've got another offer. Remember, the first one was eight, and the second offer came in at six, and uh, so he had a chance of making a, a." bigger profit, but now the real estate market had gone down, he's down to six, and he said, but you know, I still want to get 10, I still think it's worth 10, so I told him, I think I would buy it, once again, a profit is a good thing, don't turn your nose up on a profit, and so he turned it down again, so then months went by, maybe another six months, he came in, and he said, well, um, I I just sold the property, and I said, what did you sell it for? He said, well, I sold it for the amount of the bank loan, which was about three million dollars, Made absolutely nothing on the property. Uh, he looked at me and he said, "You know, I guess I guess you could sum it up in just one word." These are his exact words. He says, "You could sum this up in just one word." He said, "Greed." I I allowed greed to hurt and damage my my wisdom and what I knew was right. I knew I should have sold it at at eight or at six and made less money than I want that I thought I should make but greed is what drove me in that direction. and it changed his life. Uh, he uh, he wound up basically going completely broke because the market turned so bad here in Arizona. But then in the last few years of his life, when he was about 70 years old, uh, he came to me and we got together and, and did some stuff uh, together. At the time I had left the bank, I became a home builder in the area and him and I were building homes together. And in a period of only about three years, he was able to recoup a lot of money and was able to uh, uh, have some finances available to leave his wife if he should pass. And as you might know it, he wound up uh, coming down with a liver cancer and died in three months from his diagnosis. But he came, looked at me and he said, you know, the last three years have been the best three years of my life uh, because I've been able to trust God. I've been able to avoid greed and I've moved forward and, and use God as my counsel and he says, and I, I just thank you for being there. Uh, he was a great guy and a very, very became a very dear friend of ours, and uh, and was able to leave his his wife a, a sufficient amount of money that she would be at least moderately comfortable for the rest of her life. Uh, and and I guess we can just summarize it by just saying this: all cases avoid greed. The word of God tells us to do so, and our practical experiences will also. As we continue our discussion on investments, let's go back into the book of Proverbs once again and read what Solomon had to say in Proverbs chapter 19, verses 20 and 21. Get all the advice and instruction you can, so you will be wise the rest of your life. Verse 21, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will always prevail. Here's some more wisdom from the Lord found in Proverbs 22, verse 3. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Now, I don't particularly want to be called a simpleton, but that's what it says in the New Living Translation, that we are literally a simpleton if we don't foresee danger and take precautions. Uh, when I was building homes in very nice custom homes in Scottsdale, we kind of had a set of rules, my wife and I did. We, before we would invest in a property, we would set the rules down, and we'd take that same piece of paper again, draw a line down the middle, say good and bad. We would list all the good things about uh, this property, uh, the value, how the numbers work, and whether there was a certain profit in it, uh, and then we'd list the bad things, like uh, was it something that uh, backed up to a busy street or... Uh, here in Arizona, especially in the Phoenix area, you don't particularly want to have a west-facing backyard because in the summer, the sun is just brutal. So we bought this house and uh, in, in a place called Ganey Ranch, and we basically looked at it, and uh, we probably were thinking back then, well, maybe this is a no-brainer. It's a good market. This is going to be a good deal. Well, it certainly was a no-brainer because we didn't use our brains in making the decision. Uh, we went ahead and bought the property. We built a home. And it violated a number of our guidelines. One was that it had a wet backyard. Two was that it was on a busy street. And three is that it was right by the guard gate where all the activity was there. Uh, and we also never wanted to build two-story homes, but we decided in this case, we would build a two-story. Well, so uh, we didn't use wisdom. We didn't seek counsel. We, we just simply thought, well, this is going to be simple. We'll just get this thing done. We wound up, uh, it turned out to be probably what the worst project we ever did. We wound up owning the house for a period of seven years, couldn't sell it, actually had to move into it for a period of, uh, of two years uh, in order to uh, benefit from some tax breaks that were there. But it was just simply a bad decision that we did not use uh, prudent wisdom and saw the dangers and we didn't take precautions. We did what, uh, what Solomon talked about. It came a simpleton. at least I did, and I went blindly on and suffered the consequences. So uh, we need to uh, make sure that uh, we don't suffer the consequences because of the, the decisions that we make. All of the decisions that we make for investments, I believe, require what we call a form of due diligence. Now, you may have not heard that uh, phrase before, but due diligence, the process that we take, Check all the the good, the bad, and the ugly, and understand exactly what we're getting involved with. That has to uh, take place, whether we're purchasing a home, or whether we're buying a car, or whether we're just simply uh, putting money back in a savings account. So I would encourage you to look up the phrase due diligence uh, and uh, make a list uh, when you are about to make a decision on investment, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. strongly recommend seeking good counsel, finding advisors that will help you, finding those who've been there and done that, as we say, uh, they've had those experiences, they know what works and they know what doesn't work, uh, but investments can be a great blessing, but they can also be something that can bring a, a terrible uh, curse on your family, a curse of uh, negative financial problems uh, and strife in your own home. You certainly want to avoid that at all costs. Every type of investment that I've ever made uh, requires hard work. The ones that I've been successful at, I usually spent the most time studying and understanding and working hard on it. There are no shortcuts and there are no uh, no brainers out there, uh, and uh, it's a slam dunk are all things that we need to wipe from our memory banks. and just remember to set up a program of consistent prayer. Uh, If you're married, the two of you get together and be in agreement in all of your investment decisions. Uh, That's something I didn't spend a lot of time on, but we'll be speaking about in upcoming lessons, especially one on finances and marriage. But it's crucial that we uh, do our due diligence, that we take the time that we uh, need to take, find out exactly what's good and what's bad about any particular situation, and then seek God's counsel, seek God's wisdom. And uh, and just be at peace about it. When we know we're on track, we'll receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. And that peace will guard our heart and will guard our mind in Christ Jesus. If you have interest in, in finding more information about the experience and the joy of debt-free living, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. Uh, and at any time, you can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, The next episode coming up, we're going to be discussing expenses and understand a way to uh, structure our expenses and know exactly what it costs us to live uh, each month of the year throughout the entire year. So I want to close with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he be gracious unto you and give you peace. And I pray that you will prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.